Hello, everybody. We're here live. I'm with Coco Frio. Um, am I pronouncing that right? Yes, you are. Perfect. Fantastic. I'm so excited to have Coco here. This is our very first episode for Pride Pages. We're in Boise, Idaho. And Coco, we had the honor of having Coco dress up just before her performance tonight at the balcony. If you want to catch her after this video, go to the balcony. Uh, the show is at 8 p.m. Is that correct? Yes, it is. Perfect. And do you want to tell us about tomorrow's show, Coco? Yes. So I produce the show Viva Coco. So it's every three months we do a, a show and tomorrow. We are having Viva Coco, Bring Back My Queers, and it's uh, the Balcony Club also at 8 o'clock. So if you cannot catch me tonight, you can catch me tomorrow. Oh, that's perfect. And then tell us, there's also a bingo, drag bingo show. Do you want to tell us a bit about that? Yes. Yeah, so Boise Pride Week starts on Monday here in Boise. So we are starting uh, with a drag bingo at the Balcony. Uh, doors at 7, show uh, the game start at 7 30 and it's totally free free to play free to enter and it's a lot of great prices so you don't want to miss that one. Oh, that's fantastic that's awesome and what time is that it starts at 7 30. 7 30 awesome okay so coco um one of the first questions i wanted to ask you are where are you from and what brought you here to boise so I am from the beautiful island of Puerto Rico, uh, born and raised there, lived all my life, and moved here to Boise seven and a half years ago. Um, I was looking for a little bit of a change. I was doing some community work uh, back home, uh, and I wanted to continue doing it outside of Puerto Rico. So they offered me to come to Boise or Chicago. So I started applying for jobs, and Boise immediately responded to me. So I was like, well, let me move here. And seven years later, I'm still here. That's fantastic. Okay, so um, what is your coming out story? So I was what the people call in the closet for a long time. Um, was not until I moved here in 2018 in 2017 it was Boise Pride happening and I wanted to go my first Pride but I I am very shy and very quiet so I literally drove down Capitol Hill a Capitol Boulevard and then turned around and went back home because I was very afraid I didn't know anybody so next year in 2018 so you didn't go in 2017 you went back home yep I did decide not to. So then in 2018, uh, I saw in on Instagram this promotion that said that they were looking for people to participate in a flash mob for Boise Pride. And I always wanted to do so, stuff like that, but I, again, like I'm very shy. So I was like, hey, this might be the excuse that obligate me to go to Boise Pride this year. Because I am a person of more of commitment. If I know that I have something to do, I will be there no matter what. So I reached out to the person in charge and we start going to rehearsals and stuff. And I start getting to meet more people. And I still in the closet at that point. Um, I was in a religious uh, 
background so at that point as well so i did the flash mob after that day i went home and i was looking at all the pictures that people were posting and everything and i see in my face that i was so happy and was the happiness that i ha i was not able to see in a long time because it was really genuine so at that moment i realized and i was like you know what this is who i am this is where uh, my heart is this is where my community and i really need to come out and be myself so after that that was june july i decided to come out completely and yeah that's how everything started that's awesome um tell me about the first time that you did drag so the first time that i did drag was in june 2019. okay and so it one was year after you came out one year after Yes, and it was a Penelope Windsor, is another drag queen in Boise. She used to do a, this a annual show that is was called the Virgin Show and was for first time performers. So this was going to be the first time that she was doing it. And I have a lot of friends that they were like pushing me like, hey, you should do it and everything. And I was like, you know, I've never been on a stage. I've never performed before. I'm very shy. I'm very quiet. I'm like, no way. But they keep pushing, like what they call peer pressure. So I decided to do it. And that was my first time. Um, thanks to a lot of mentors and other drag performers in the community that helped me with my makeup and helped me to create a, a performance. And yeah, that was June 2019. And then that was my only performance. I never went back to the stage until December of that year uh, that I did a play, La Casha Falls, uh, with the Visual Art Collective. And then after that, I did the BNDS competition at the balcony. And from there, now here I am, three years oh, later. Wow. And now you're like a big name everywhere and everyone's always excited to see you. Thank you. Um, do you have a day job? Yes, I do. I work Monday to Friday, like what the people call an eight to five job. And it's something that I've been doing for the past 12 years, be working in that field, working, uh, helping other people in the community that are minority groups their community and um, so that's what i do in my daytime job i love that that's awesome um so what kind of hurdles have you had to overcome to gain acceptance as somebody who is lgbtq you came I, out late so that's one hurdle what are some other hurdles i feel like a uh, living in idaho uh, that is a white state um me being out of the country english is not my first language um getting to trying to fit in in the community starting performing and i was not exposed to many english songs before so me trying to fit in so learning all those in english songs so i can fit in and the community can and the audience can accept me something that was in my mind and that was 
my the wrong idea after I realized it a um, couple uh, a year later. Um, but those are some of the obstacles that I I face. Um, I'm being queer, being a person of color, being someone that English is not their first language. So it's a lot of things that um, contribute. Yeah. Um, do you feel empowered when you're in drag? Yes, I will say yes. And as I said before, I am very shy out of drag. So drag have allowed me to be the person that I always wanted to be or present myself, but I always was so afraid of. Um, like if I am not in drag, I would not be dancing around like I do in drag, or I would not be this kind of like sassy um, extrovert person. And that is something that has empowered me in the beginning. As of right now, it has switched in a different way. Um, more recently, drag has allowed me to have a voice in the community, have a voice for myself out of drag to, to be able to, hey, this is who I am. I am advocating for myself and I need to advocate it for myself. So right now, all my experience in all these years doing drag have allowed me to advocate for myself, something that I was so afraid of and I would just let it go and let it pass. People tell me stuff or just say, okay, I will do it no matter that I was not, it was, I was not okay with that. So it have empowered me to have a voice, to stand up for myself and my community too, and for the minority group of groups that I represent. That's awesome. Um, so this question is from Michaela Path. She posted a question on Facebook. Um, she says, what fuels your passion for drag? I feel like being so far away from home. And like I said, I'm from Puerto Rico and it's real. right now I can feel a little bit more of the Puerto Rican flavor here with a lot of people that I have met recently. But me being so far away, I wanted to stay connected with my culture, with my background, with who I am and where I'm from. So having that energy inside me, having that power of like, hey, I'm Puerto Rican, I am an Afro-Latina, this is who I am, help me to continue evolving and continue uh, bringing that flavor that who I am to in my drag person. I love that. I love that. And you have this beautiful Latina flair. Tell me about it. Tell me how embracing it has helped you further yourself. So interesting part was like, I started doing my drag persona, my character here. And I didn't know that drag was the biggest thing in Puerto Rico because I never saw drag in Puerto Rico. So a lot of people here start pointing out that, oh, you kind of look like a like this high class girl and everything. And I was like, never understood what they were coming from. Until I visited Puerto Rico in 2021 and I went to my first drag show there. And when I saw the drag queens there, 
I was like, wait a minute. That is exactly what I am doing in Boise. And I was doing it without realizing that that is my culture. That's what the people do in Puerto Rico. So that at that moment, I start embracing it more. And I start having a lot of contact with drag queens there and having communication, following them on social media, see what they do and how they dress, what kind of music they use, the hairs, the costumes. So I'm trying to even exchange costumes uh, for myself. A lot of my costumes are coming from drag queens over there. So it's helping me stay connected with my culture and, and, and that drag is scene that is in Puerto Rico. I love that. I love that. Um, so this next question comes from Alicia Path, also on from Facebook. Um, this one's a tough one and fits with a lot of things that have been going on lately. Um, what do you want to? Uh, what do you want to say to those who call drag queens groomers? What do you want them to know? So drag is a form of art. And we're artists, we just want to entertain people. And when we dress up, when we put our costume, when we put some wigs, some makeup on, what we want is to entertain others and educate others. In my case, like coming from Puerto Rico, that is something that is part of my, kind of like my mission in drag. It is to educate people of what is Puerto Rico? What do they do there? What, type of music, what is the culture, uh, the language. So it, it, is, uh, it is not a, a sexual thing, as many people have said say before, but it's more of an educational base. It's an entertaining, entertaining uh, aspect, and it's an art form. I like it. Every art is very different. Our art is really unique and very diverse and different as well. I like that. I like that. Um, so um, I wanted to go back to a question. This one. How do you know that you were in a safe and accepting environment? What kind of social cues do you look for to know that you're safe to be who you are? That's a kind of like a tricky question because in my background, in my, in my work outside of drag, I am very observant. So most of the time when I am in drag, not most of the time, all the time when I am in drag, I'm overreacting of what is happening around me. I'm watching, I'm looking to see who is around and what is happening. And for me, something that helped me to know that I'm safe is to be with a group of people, to be with the friends with in a safe place that I know that they accept queer people that they will protect us and they will stand for us. And there are many places here in the Treasure Valley that are like that. So those are the places that I try to frequent, especially if I am in drag. Um, I don't try to go to every place that people say or people go because I don't know what, how the people will react there. So I try to go to places that I know for sure that I have experienced myself or other performers are have experienced that have been treated well and there is some security, there are some people around and trying to see what is happening. It makes sense. I mean, we, we all have to be careful. 
Um, let me think. I think we got all of those questions. This one came from Amy Griffin. Uh, when did you first realize or suspect that you wanted to be a drag performer? And you may have already answered that. But, um, so, like I said, my first time I did the that performer performance, and I nothing more. Um, was not until December, like six months later, that this uh, theater was looking for performers, and they were specifically looking for drag performers um, okay. to to be part of the play. And so I was like, hey, again, like. If I am in a position that I am committed to something, I am more willing to do it. So I was like, well, let me audition. You know, I wanted to get out of my comfort zone and everything. So I decided to go to the audition and I got accepted. I start, you know, doing my role in the play. And around that point, it was the competition, as I mentioned, and a lot of people were trying to push me to do it, to do it. And I was like, you know, I am, I only have one wig and one costume. Like, it's impossible that I can do a competition. So, again, peer pressure. And then I, at the end, I was like, it was, I remember I was backstage in the play. And it was 15 minutes before the deadline to submit the uh, audition video for the competition. And then I was like, you know what, I, I'm just going to do it so people stop bothering me and i can say hey i submit the video but they did not accept me sorry so i did the video in in the back in the backstage so it was really dark was really horrible lighting so i was just doing like a selfie and i submit the video like 10 minutes before the deadline and i got accepted so i was like seriously oh, well. <laughs> then with one wig with one a uh, costume and I got to the top three on the competition. And at that moment, week after week, that was a nine week competition. I realized like, you know, this is something that I enjoy. This is something that I like. I wanted to continue doing more. Um, and after that, the pandemic happened. So it was a lot of shutdown, but then helped me to make a lot of connection, not just here in Idaho, but in other states because we start doing digital drag. So help me to make a lot of contact with a lot of other performers around the country and back in Puerto Rico as well. So I started doing that and then I decided to say, hey, I like this, I love it. So why not stay with this? So here I am. Oh, I love that. I love that. Um, so this is the last question. Not saying I'm not gonna throw in anything else, but um, here's the last question. Do you feel like you influence the community in positive ways? And what are some examples? I would like to say yes. Um, and one of the examples is uh, that I have felt and I have heard from other people is that is bringing the Latino mm -hmm. uh, experience to the Treasure Valley. Um, as I said before, yes, there were uh, other Latino uh, community uh, performers here in, in Idaho before. But once I start doing it more frequently and performing Spanish song and everything, 
there was a big group of Latino people that start coming out and to the shows and start feeling welcome to the places that they were not uh, feeling welcome before. And they feel like that was something that they needed, something that they feel identified and welcome now. So for me, having that impact um, in the community and having that voice for this group that I represent and I want to empower as well, it has been something that is one of the things that I feel like I have influenced the community. I love that. I love that. Um, is there anything you want to, it sounds like you make a great impact to all of us here in Boise and especially to the LGBTQ community. Is there anything else you want to finish off and share and say? Um, as a queer person that I came out um, late 20s, um, it can be a challenging, it can be a scare coming out, it can be, and everybody have their own journey and everybody uh, comes out at the time that they feel ready. But this is something that know that you have a community out here that we love you and we will accept you no matter what. It can be that it's a lot of fear. We can lose our family. We can lose friends because coming out. But know that the chosen family is real and it exists in the community here. And if you are here in Boise and you are uh, under 21 and want to go to Boise Pride next week, it's from September 8th to the 10th. And his work is open to everybody in the front of the Capitol. So you can see the community, you can see performers on stage, you can see a lot of things, the happiness, and the we're we're gonna be celebrating love, we're gonna be celebrating community. So take a look and you will see that who we are and what we're looking for here. And we're just trying to to assist, we're trying just to to love and be loved. So I would recommend you to take a look and reach out. There is my social media there. You can follow me on social media. It's Coco Frio on Instagram. And in my link tree also, you can see all the shows that I'm doing. So you can be there. You can DM me, ask questions. My DM is open for anybody that want more information and want to know what is happening here in Boise. And you and I are both doing something similar along a Barbie theme during Pride Weekend. Um, I'm excited. I'm going to have a Barbie booth, but it's going to say Boise Pride Pages. And um, you can do a photo op, inside the beautiful pink Barbie box. And do you want to share with us what you're doing for your act? Yes. So on Sunday is a brunch. And I am doing a Barbie mix as well. And I'm very excited. It's a Barbie mix with a rainy man. Um, so it's gonna be really excited, like those two songs mixed together. So it's gonna be something really fun. And on May stage, I'm gonna be performing on Saturday at 3 p.m. So Saturday I'm, at 3 p.m. on the main stage. Yes. So I'm the first one. So I'm opening for everybody so you need to be there sharp if you want to see me so 3 p.m on saturday 
Um, and I will be around on the park. If you see me, let's take some picture. I will be in the booth as well. So I'm very excited for it. Perfect. And then Sunday is your act with Barbie, but you'll be performing Saturday at 3 p.m. on the main stage, right? Yes. And um, on main stage, I'm doing some Puerto Rican flavor. So it's going to be very lasting. So you don't I love to... that. Yes. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. Thank you for being here, Coco. Thank you. Thank you, everyone, for watching. And um, catch us, live. Catch us um, later. Thank you so much. Thank you. Bye.